1: Welcome to Work Happy, the new podcast all about workplace happiness, brought to you by Worklife with me, journalist Angelica Malin. This season, we're going on a journey to dig deep into the secrets of workplace happiness with advice from experts, entrepreneurs, and coaches in the field. This week, I'm joined by Jodie Karras, founder of SelfSpace, to explore the benefits of therapy for you and your employees. on this week's episode, I'm joined by Jodie Karras. Thank you so much for joining me. You are the founder of Selfspace. Can you tell us a little bit about your company? Great. Thank you so much for having
2: me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, So Selfspace uh, is a year old, was a year old in February, and we launched based on what I consider a kind of growing need for a different type of mental health support that wasn't the NHS and wasn't that kind of really arduous searching for therapists online, um, Mm -hmm. which is my experience and lots of my clients' experience. So self-space is a contemporary uh,
1: approach to maintaining good mental health. Fantastic. Well, I want to talk um, a bit more about it. But firstly, I'd like to go a little back and talk about your personal journey into, into mental health and also into well-being. Have you always been interested in this field? How did you get to where you are now? So I started my career
2: as a television presenter. I did wildlife for Channel 5 for some years. Uh, which was great fun, but I was really quite unhappy. So everybody would be saying to me, oh, my goodness, you've got the best job in the world. Where are you off to this kind of month? And there was a huge part of me that was just deeply unhappy with what I was doing. And I trained as an actress. And somebody had mentioned to me uh, about drama therapy. And that they thought that I would make an excellent drama therapist. So I decided to leave TV and I retrained as a drama and movement therapist at the Central School of Speech and Drama. And then from there, that was 16 years ago. And from there, I've just kind of continued my training. And I've always had a really kind of acute sense of how talking about how you feel makes you feel different and better. And Mm. it's transformational
1: in lots of ways. Mm. So I guess that's the seat of it, really, my own experiences. And when you were a TV presenter and you were unhappy, was that because of personal things or was that because you just weren't enjoying the job? I think I had spent such a lot of my life thinking I wanted to
2: be on the and never asked myself the question why Mm. and when I got there I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do at all and it didn't really have any substance for me there wasn't any meaning in it for me it was great fun obviously Um, but there was some disconnect for me around what it is that actually gives you a sense of meaning Mm.
1: and do you feel like with what you're doing now that you've connected with that meaning yes yeah it's a really interesting um experience
2: to be doing something that doesn't feel like work. Uh, And that's how I feel about the work that I do. I feel Mm. really blessed to be able to hear people's stories, to share in some really special and difficult, challenging, brilliant moments with people. And now the idea of having Self Space is my second company. My first is in education. We support mental health for um, children, parents and teachers. Mm.
1: So this is just really an evolution of that. Mm. And I feel blessed. Mm. To do but it. it sounds like you have a, you have a cause that you're committed to and the companies are kind of a manifestation of that cause along the way but you know what that commitment looks like to you which is i guess that brings you back to why you're doing it the whole time yeah which is amazing rather thank than you. just trying to i don't know trying to make money or trying to just do something for the sake of it you know having a cause mm. i feel like it's very it's very impassioned mm-hmm. thank you um and your own journey with therapy, were you having therapy when you were in TV? Had that help, Has that helped you along the course of your life? So as a ther- I hadn't begun my own therapeutic journey until I trained as a therapist,
2: and that's one of the requirements is you have to be in therapy. Um, and since then, I've really continued in lots of different ways. So I stayed in analysis for a very long time with the same person, and then um, I have a coach and a supervisor and a, and a therapist. So I'm really interested in the idea of the challenge around, challenging yourself to face the things that you often avoid Mm. Um, and I think that's a constant evolution I don't think we're ever there I think it's a continual journey Mm. and I think this idea that mental health is a given and that if we have poor mental health we're somehow very unwell I think is really wrong I think in the same way we aspire for good physical health, we need to work on our mental health. Mm. It's it's in the word, isn't it? Yeah. Mental health. And we've somehow started to associate that with mental
1: unwellness, Mm. which I find very Mental illness. Mental illness, yeah. Mm. With the conversation about mental health, I feel like it has become a lot more open and people are talking a lot more openly about their mental health. But do you feel like the conversation has gone far enough? Are you seeing that people are more responsive to the work you're doing than they used to be? I think there is a massive shift. I think
2: there's had to be. I think the NHS are really struggling to meet demand. And I think that's where people go when they are at crisis point. Mm. And I think that our positioning is to support people to maintain good mental health before they're at crisis point. Although we do support people in crisis as well, our trajectory really is to try to educate people before we get there, before we wait until we can't get out of bed. Mm. Um, So I feel that the there is a kind of transformation happening. There's a lot of kind of quotes and talk around it. There's not so much happening in action. Mm. And we're the first of the kind of kind of this type of... um uh yeah. like a facilitator a facilitator of this type of thing and it's been uh, met with such um mm. kind of generosity people have been so excited about what we're doing and there really is a desire for it i just don't think there is enough opportunities mm.
1: it's interesting it's almost like the kind of instagrammy pinterest version of it is there but and it's this similar kind of story with female empowerment stuff as well as that it's something to be seen to be talking about but actually on the ground action perhaps isn't as fast as you might hope i agree um and there aren't the how many people are actually doing it which is kind of crazy and I think that
2: notoriously mental health has quite an old-fashioned um, uh, veneer mm. if you like it's not seen as something very cool and any lots of websites you go to it's, it's either in the charity sector or it's the NHS and I really think it's the one area that needs evolving mm. and obviously the principles of psychological thinking and analysis are old-fashioned and that's why they're brilliant mm. but that doesn't
1: mean that we can't bring it into the kind of current time, bring it into the modern yeah, day. Absolutely. What are some conversations, important conversations that you don't think we're having in the mental health space? I think that we need to be talking about
2: um, the ideas around what's not being said. Mm. I think this idea of um, really meeting those difficult aspects of work work environments, mm. home environments, our own personal experiences, where we often don't say the thing that we're actually feeling. And you see it all the time. You watch people who are going to give a talk or a presentation and they'll be like, this is exciting, isn't it? And actually, they seem like they they're completely terrified. So we often say the opposite thing to, to the way that we're feeling. Mm. And I see it all the time. Really? Yeah, once you start noticing it, you're kind of... It becomes very obvious. And mm. I think that we have become accustomed to being okay or to having to be okay. Mm. And I'm not saying that um, it's useful in every arena to not be okay, but the idea of some type of truthfulness in our dialogue Mm. I think is really important Mm. for climate change.
1: Do you think also, is this slightly gendered, do you think that women are better at talking about this stuff than men are? I feel like the conversation about male mental health is still quite in its early days and, and men opening up about how they feel. Have you seen that? We have um, a really 50-50 split between
2: men and women, actually, at Self Space. And when we started, it was all women. And slowly, the kind of male population of people coming is growing, which is brilliant. Mm. And they're men under 40. And I think this is exactly the target group. I I think that women um, in kind of systemically within families talk to each other more. Mm. And this idea of, you know, man up and Mm. what it means to be a man can prevent those really important conversations happening. But I do think men find a way to it, Mm. whether it's in the pub or after football. I don't think it's um, as desolate as we might mm. might um,
1: first think, mm. but men have a very different way of processing than women. Mm. From my personal experience, it felt like men do do the work, but just don't talk about it as much. So actually, I know a lot. I have a lot of male friends who go see therapists and they work on their mental health, but it isn't a discussion. They wouldn't be like, "Oh, I just, you know, it's was just with my therapist." In the way that my girlfriends would. Mm. I agree. There's maybe a bit more shame involved with that, or a bit more embarrassment. I don't know.
2: And I think um, men can be quite private, mm. notoriously private. Mm. Where where women, we we like the support of other women. Mm. And to have things validated by them, so it's a slightly different. I do think we're wired very differently. Mm,
1: I agree. With um with the company, obviously, you're trying to bring therapy into a contemporary age, and you've got a lovely website, and you can book a therapist through the website, and it's all very technologically switched on. So you're not having to do what you said about having to trawl through to try and find contact details. Um, do you think that technology is doing more good than harm with when it comes to mental health? Do you think technology is actually helping us? deal with our mental health better I think that there's um two
2: different schools of thought with it and I'm kind of in the middle of it which is I can see that um there is there are much more dangers in the kind of unmonitored way that people use social media and can find themselves in sort of rabbit holes Mm -hmm. with searches and self-diagnosis and all of those things Mm -hmm. the idea of comparing ourselves to others is much more readily available but I also think if you have a propensity to that you'll seek it out anywhere it used to be in magazines and now it's just more available I do think there are um, more opportunities for sharing or sharing our stories for being heard mm-hmm. um, now uh, with the way social media and the internet and things work I don't I don't really have a strong sense of whether it's a good or bad Mm. thing. I just think it's this is what's happening. Mm. We have to embrace it.
1: I suppose the interesting thing will be is the generation coming up who have been using this stuff since they were little and and grew up with it really and how that will affect their mental health because I think for us we're aware that this stuff exists but it's not like really part of the fabric of our DNA. We know how to switch off from Instagram and we know it's not real and I know a lot of younger people who feel like their whole lives are on these platforms Mm. And it very much that sense of self is tied into them. So it'll be interesting to see how it affects mental health with, with younger generations. Yeah, they don't know any different, do
2: they? Mm. They'll have a before, which is now, mm. and it will move forward and it'll just keep moving. And I think the idea of embrace, embracing change is very, very important. Mm. And change can be deeply terrifying mm. in all different contexts as well as exciting. <laughs> and and, and um, social media and the way that
1: um, uh, young people get inspired nowadays is moving fast mm. you know? it's also good for communities finding um, other people perhaps who share your problems or your struggles and connecting online I know that there's so many amazing communities out there that perhaps wouldn't have been able to reach out to each other so it definitely has some benefits definitely but it comes with a serious health hazard I think <laughs> yeah um, are of there the any use. are there any apps or technology or software that you use for your mental health anything that helps you I really like I do use headspace I like headspace um, taking just a
2: bit of time um, I definitely use my phone too much personally and um, for work um and i find that the best thing is to reconnect with people by looking them in the eye and we can spend all day not looking at people mm. and i really think that we get dehumanized in mm. that way so not i don't really rely on very many a- i'm apps myself but i'm um I'm really into the gym and yoga and I take care of myself that way
1: and
2: mm. um, those are my things and just taking some time to just be in the world a little bit
1: yeah yeah you know? well I think we've we've got to the stage now where the online world has become the real world for a lot of us and that's quite a scary place to be in mm. like nobody wants to pick up the phone or no well so... we've forgotten how to chat on the phone and it's quite rare that you hear
2: people talking on the phone anymore mm. um yeah and... you see them looking down at them mm, but not actually here mm. you know holding the phone and talking Mm.
3: um
2: so yeah so not so many apps for me um to relax but other things really
1: Mm. amazing and so this season is about workplace happiness and about the tips and tricks for creating a happy work environment are there any secrets that you found along your personal journey to creating a happy workplace firstly i think
2: it's finding a way to like what you do The first thing is to be okay with your stuff. Mm. Um, Secondly, I think a sense of community in the workplace is really nice, a genuine uh, space and time to be interested in each other, to have difficult conversations if they need to be had rather than letting things get kind of pent up. Mm. Um, The idea of taking an active stance, which might be, you know, really having that dialogue that needs to be said or saying how you feel about something. Mm. I think that, you know... Companies can often mir- mirror the defun- dis- kind of dysfunction within families. Mm. And we need to take a really conscious um, stance to avoid that happening. Mm.
1: With With mental health at work, is there anything we have learned along the way with what kind of like good management of mental health for your employees looks like? Like how to talk about it, how to create an open environment at work? Mm. I
2: think it's for each company to find a way in that feels authentic to the way that they do things. I think avoiding a drinking culture Mm. is quite important because I think that that can quickly slide out of control within companies and it becomes the only place that people relate to each other.
3: Mm. I
2: think um, when you ask somebody how they are, if you're going to ask the question, you need to be prepared to listen to the answer. Mm. because we often go, hey, how are you doing? And we've walked off before the person's even answered. Mm. So I think changing culture around that is important. Not being late, mm. not being late to meetings, the very basics of what it means to respect people, mm. um, I think is really, really important in the workplace. And we can often forget that.
1: Mm. I think it's changing a lot in smaller companies, but I can imagine the big corporates, it'll take a while to real for real change to come about with discussion around mental health in the workplace. I think that's true. I think,
2: you know, um, older companies have conventions which make it much um, less... Um much less soft, I guess, Mm -hmm. kind of accepting that. I also think companies need to take responsibility for the well-being of their staff. Mm -hmm. So its I don't think that we should use mental health to victimize ourselves. I don't think we should be sat in that position. Mm -hmm. I think it's an aspirational and really positive conversation to be having, um, as opposed to it being associated with dysfunction, Mm. not meeting targets mm. as used as an excuse it is a reason and it can very well be but i think it needs to be embedded uh, in the culture to positively take action to take care of staff mm. you know the work's hard we want to produce brilliant work we care about the whole of you what does that mean what's the responsibility to the uh, to um employees and mm. uh, employers
1: yeah I suppose also just being proactive rather than reactive. So not just stepping in when something's gone wrong. Yeah, exactly. To so take a maintenance their, approach. A maintenance approach, so, yeah, is is really good. Uh, is there anything that you've seen in particular companies that they've done that you think like, has, has worked well for them? So we do. We sell bundles of sessions
2: to companies. And it's been amazing. This idea of companies doing this for the first time. So um, a real willingness in lots of creative and media agencies actually to really care about their people and one of those things is buying sessions and it's completely confidential so Mm -hmm. there's a commitment to that care um i like um Generosity in companies—you know when people bring food to team meetings, mm. when people spend just a little bit of time checking in with each other before they get to the boom, boom, boom. This is what we need to achieve, mm. and I think those
1: type of things make a real difference. Mm. What about stress management? Um, is that? Do you think that therapy has a, a good impact on stress management at work? Definitely,
2: I think any type of talking about how you're feeling deals with stress. Stress is a symptom. Somebody can be experiencing huge stress symptoms in the same environment as somebody else who isn't Mm. so it's really about how we process and manage how do we have conversations where we push back on timelines how do we do the things that can buy us a sense of peace as opposed to stress Mm. and stress is a choice
3: Mm. in
2: my view we choose everything that in our lives is a choice Mm. and we are accepting of the fact we've chosen this life Mm. Then we have the uh, liberated idea that we can choose not to be here.
1: Mm. Mm. And it's also a physical feeling, isn't it? It's, it's not that things are innately stressful. They don't carry a quality. It's just how we feel towards a situation or towards a person. Mm. We actually choose the stress. It's a, it's a story you can play out to yourself. Totally. And it's often conversations that
2: need to be had that will prevent the stress. Mm. The thing that needs to be said in order to change the shape of what's emerging. Mm. And I really think that what therapy can do is to help you with those those kind of um more difficult and challenging things that need to happen in your life mm. to get rid of the stress
3: mm.
1: and to help you manage it better help, yeah to help you manage it. What, what's your big vision for self-space what if in a dream world what would you love to see um our, our vision is uh one on every high street
2: major high street Um, firstly in the UK and then I'd like to see it in LA and New York Mm. Um, it's for people to access therapy in the same way that they go and have their hair cut Mm. it's not a big deal this mm. is just what we do to take care of ourselves mm. that's what i'd like it to be and i'd like uh, my children to think of it as very commonplace to talk about how they feel
3: mm.
1: it's beautiful it's a lovely message <laughs> thank mm. you i'm excited to see it happen mm. Yay, you know it'd be nice too. for people to be like oh, i'm gonna get a manicure then i'm gonna pop in for a bit of therapy and then i'm gonna go off to brunch exactly and that kind of culture and therefore it speaks to health mm. i mean i think in america they're much better at this stuff and totally. we're still catching up we've got a long way to go but we're on the move is what i think and uh, within the company is there different kinds of therapy you can have or do you have just particular therapists who specialize in one style so currently at self-space in shoreditch there's 14 of us um and we've
2: got a mixture we've got uh, psychotherapists counselors art therapists drama therapists and everybody is um we're quite specific when we recruit and we look for dynamic, engaging um, therapists that we feel meet our clientele Mm. and they might have
1: um, other experience in industries that we're, we're servicing. Is there an importance about a physical space with where, where you operate and, and the design around the physical space of where you're having the session? So, um, we're in an old kind of stable yard at the
2: moment and we're just looking at our scaling and looking at kind of suitable spaces and you de- you do tend to get a feeling for a place mm-hmm. and whether it feels like the type of place that you could um, talk about how you feel. And I also think the environment the therapist creates in the room is important Mm. how does it feel people come into cell space and they're always like oh my gosh it's so cool in here I love it Um, and I really do think that we aren't the sticky chairs in the NHS Mm. we have a different feel
1: yeah because I I feel like that's one of the things that stops it feeling modern is when I've done therapy in the past you go to this what feels like a doctor's waiting room and the environment is not encouraging or inspiring and you've got these handouts and it just doesn't it feels kind of claustrophobic to me. Well, it feels like you're unwell. Mm. It feels like where you go when you want to get
2: better. Mm. And I really feel that that's not where we should be positioning mental health. Mm. Not all the time anyway. Mm. And I think the environment needs to be aspirational. You need to feel con- that you can connect with it in some way. This is a place that I can feel good. Mm. And
1: I think that's really important. Putting a positive spin on everything. Exactly. I think it's a very empowering message. Thank you. So for the quick fire round of our, our last lot on the show, I just ask you a few quick questions. So what do you do on a daily or weekly basis for your own mental health? bullets in the morning. Do you know, it's so funny. You are my third guest who's talked
2: about their Nutribullet. Yeah. I really like a bullet. I think the communication to yourself is a really, really good message. I'm worth taking the time to do this for. Mm. Um, yoga, mm. I try and do twice a week. Um, also hitting the gym... Uh, and some quality time with my children and the people that I love, um, even if it's five minutes mm. um, of, of some type of communication. What goes in the Nutri-Bullet? Um I put frozen fruit, a bit of protein powder, soy milk, spinach, whatever. Nothing too fancy. No time for that. <laughs> it's just it simple. Stop. Yeah. Um, on food, what are three healthy foods you couldn't live without? Fish, seafood I love, Um, I like uh, kind of seaweed crackers and things like that and fruit, I'm a Mm -hmm. massive fruit person. I haven't
1: had seaweed crackers yet, that's been been, been the first one, some seaweed crackers in my life. (laughs) Um, Three favourite kinds of exercise? Um, Yoga, uh, running and hit. Mm -hmm. Again, where for yoga in London?
2: Um, I go to Block, which is in Shoreditch and in Clapton and um, also Frame
1: is really good. Frame is good? Yeah frame and how do you invest in yourself do you mean financially or emotionally in every way. emotionally financially self-care any way that you kind of make an investment in yourself I like
2: to um, spend time with friends uh, eating out is really important to me I really like kind of new foods and sharing kind of food with people that I care about um, I also quite like shopping clothes are really important they're kind of a creative expression for me which is important and um manicures and things like that you know I like I like to feel nice Mm. as well um and just taking a bit of time like I've started to walk walk much more and not
1: you know having a little bit more time to process Mm. Mm. and being back in nature it can be very hard in London to connect with that totally Totally. Yeah. I yeah. try and walk for them, that's like we're not for circus. It's hard and then looking at your phone when you're walking it defeats the object. <laughs> hardly
2: for a walk. Well, one of my um, I supervise and one of my supervisees, who's a counselor in the college, has just started a um a running group with young women, which is about kind of she takes them out running and talks, and she asked me to support, and I've been doing that with her for some mornings, and it's a it's really nice you know Mm. it's a really important thing to do I can see how it works really Mm. well
1: yeah I can as well Mm. and finally what makes you happy at work working with
2: people that like what they do is a massive massive um, game changer it changes the environment so much and when people are enjoying what they do the Mm. environment is incredibly positive Mm. Um, so that and also not
1: being afraid to have difficult conversations I think they're really really healthy Mm. Mm. and I can imagine it's very rewarding what you're doing as well because you are helping people you are changing people's lives you're allowing them to open up Mm. it is incredibly rewarding also very challenging Mm. in lots of different ways but it's um, a good blend Mm. imagine well fantastic if anyone listening is inspired and would like to book in for a session where can they find out more online um so they can go to the self-space
3: website
2: um, the selfspace.com they can also download the selfspace app we're in Shoreditch we're just off Boundary Street so that you can call in there's always therapists on site and um, come and have a chat and see what we're about we're doing workshops across London in the next six months and um, those will be talk um, process groups which I think will be a really nice way of making massive cultural change in mm. how we think about talking about ourselves so
1: those are group sessions
2: group sessions um, and they really are process and not outcome driven so the therapist will be in the space but it will be for people to talk um, and to just see how that kind of feels fantastic thank Thank you. you so much for joining me it's been lovely to talk to you thank you
4: how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment
1: to this week's episode of Work Happy. If you're looking to work happier, book your free week at any work life space at work.life forward free trial. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate and review. We'll see you next time. And until then, work happy.
0: Has been a Candy Store production for Work Life, hosted by Angelica Malin and produced by Van Connor. T-shirt weather by Paddington Bear appears under Creative Commons 3.0. With podcast recording facilities in partnership with Work Life, visit work.life for more information. And you can find us at CandyStoreProductions.co.uk. Market. Market.